really feed the soul. It feeds my spirit. You know that there's going to be something encouraging. It's such an encouragement and enriching to my own Christian walk. It brings me a great deal of peace. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Why are Jews and non-Jews joining forces to find a red heifer? Why do we keep finding things exploding in Iran? What's going on with the explosion of retail crime across the U.S.? And can we consider 912% increase of anti-Semitic content on a certain social media platform an explosion of Jew hate? We'll try to keep Pastor Mark from exploding with the answers as we look at the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, July 16th, 2021. You think I'm kidding, but he really does get excited. (laughs) Along with Mark Kirk, the senior pastor of Calvary Knoxville, I'm Greg Hilt here to let you know that you can enjoy signs of the times anytime by downloading the Way Media app on your Apple App Store or Google Play Store. And today's live broadcast will transform into podcast 176, which you can subscribe to through Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if our podcast, Pastor Mark, was a breakfast cereal, we'd be Lucky Charms. Why? I don't know. Why? Because we're magically delicious. Oh, check that out. The show is magically delicious. However, if you want to read the delicious, (laughs) delirious, and detestable articles for each show, that's only available through the Way Media app. And uh, just as a... uh, Footnote of uh, housekeeping, so to speak, at our waymedia.net. We are currently experiencing some technical problems with all of our media content, not our written content. So you can still go to the waymedia.net and send Pastor Mark your prophecy question. But we are working on the issue with our developers on why our media is not showing up on the website at thewaymedia.net. But you can always download the Way Media app on your smartphone or tablet. Or if you have a Roku or Apple TV device, you can download the Way Media app there as well and watch us and other things on the big screen. Although I don't know you really want to see us not on, the big on the big screen. Not in 4K. Anyway. Not even in 4K. <laughs> no, Definitely not in 4K. We don't even shoot in 4K, no, so no. we don't have to worry about well, good, that. good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So keep that in mind when uh, when Miles asks for 4K. Yes, that's uh, right. That's yeah. right. And we need to have like little sounds of hammers and stuff in the background as we're working on the website trying yes. to fix it. Get the oh, media I should back have up. a sound effect in yeah, there. Yeah, but it's not yes. only us. It's really it's really Subsplash, right? We have our our, our providers, the one working on it. But either yeah, way. well, this is this is this was my message basically to the developers today. So anyway. <laughs> But in love, of course. (laughs) Of course it's in love. Yeah, of course it's in love. That's right. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So, Pastor Mark is exploding with lots of interesting topics that have really kind of come to the surface this week that are heavy on his heart as a pastor to share with us right now. Yeah, a lot of things I want to share with you guys, and also just to remind you to be praying for Israel. I have a few things I want to talk about here in the first half before we get into articles that are, and usually I just try to wait on the Lord and trust and pray, and as I do my uh, my prep work and looking everything up, I Lord, what do you want? And these things just came really jumping out at me today, and one is, is it's something I hadn't even thought of, but we have some friends over in Israel, and um, and they're believers, non-Jews, but well, one's a Jew, one's married to uh, to to this Jew, if you will, and so that's why they're able to live over there. But they're not they're, they're saved, they're believers. But they brought up something very interesting, Greg, that I found very intriguing, and that is, you know, Israel is always a fun place to go. If you've ever made a trip to Israel, it is a an amazing spiritual journey for the Christian, and has a lot of great history, even for the non-Christian. But one of the things I love about Israel is that you feel the spirit of the Lord. You can feel God's power as a believer when you go and when you teach the word of God and you just look and you see all the things that that you read about in the Bible and you're all the places where the Lord did things and all these things happen. It's very exciting. 
But I never thought about what Israel would be like if you removed the light of Israel. And what do I mean by that? Jesus said that we as believers are the light of the world. And we are the salt of the earth. And if you remove salt, meat begins to rot. Again, those that come from the south, you know about country ham. You take the salt out, the meat begins to rot immediately. You put salt in it, man, you can hang hang that thing in a barn for eternity. It'll make it through the millennium and it won't rot. And the same thing is true with light. If you have light, you can see in the darkness and you're not in blindness. What has happened in Israel by what they're saying is, and it didn't, I hadn't even thought about it until they brought it up because they lived there. It has gone from a place that had a lot of light because Christians were visiting by the millions each year, coming in you know, thousands at a time in, in all these tourist groups, tens of thousands all over the nation. You had all these lamps walking all over Israel. You had all this light walking all over Israel, illuminating the guides, illuminating the people, illuminating the nation, even though they themselves are in blindness. The light was there. You had all this salt walking around in that, you know, uh, in, in the rotting world, so to speak, and it was having an impact and an influence on the nation. So what you had is you had a lot of believers and a lot of light in a nation that is rejecting God but was filled with God's light and filled with God's salt, uh, showing the world God's goodness in Jesus Christ. Suddenly it was removed. A year and a half ago, boom, COVID. They shut down the nation. All the believers leave. All the believers, well, there, there are some that are there, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But a lot of the believers leave. All the tourists leave. And here's what happens. You have a place, Greg, that is full of a bunch of lanterns walking around spiritually, and all of a sudden, all the lanterns are removed from the campsite. You've got a huge piece of country ham that has all this wonderful salt keeping it preserved, and all of a sudden, all the salt leaves. So what you've got is you've got a rotting process going on. They said what's happening is the light is gone. Israel is feeling dark. It is feeling very oppressive. It is feeling very just just empty when it used to have this kind of underlying feeling of light and life to it because so many believers were there. There was so much activity of the church filtering through. They had this fresh living water always flowing through the nation spiritually. Suddenly that water was cut off. And when you cut off water, we've used all these other other analogies, you begin to dry up. And they said, please pray for us, because for believers here in Israel, it is dark, it is dry, it is empty. I mean, we have our light. But the nation, they said, you can tangibly feel the absence of God's presence and spirit because the church is gone. Now, I would expect the believers in Israel to recognize that. Oh, they because do. Because they're, they're spiritually awake, or, right. or as I like to say, spiritually woke. Right, that's right. To that. That's right. However, what about... The unbelieving Jew that's over there. I, I, I was just kind of curious as you were describing it and, and, and how palpable yeah. the whole thing sounds. Yeah. My question would be, could God use that clearly stark contrast of having continual Christian presence in the country and having so much, so much of it just taken away wholesale? Yeah. yeah. That God would use that as maybe a, a spark of revival, so to speak, or, or a spark of an awakening for the remnant, you know, the, the messianic Jew, so to speak, to grow in population towards yeah. the end yeah. and acknowledge Jesus as a result of this. I don't know if you have a thought on that or even thought about that, but that's what came to mind when you were describing that. No, I have thought of it. And again, Greg, I don't know what they're thinking uh, per se, because I do have some unbelieving friends that are Jewish that are over there, but I can't really call them up and say, hey, now that the light of Jesus is gone, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, that's not going to go over right, too well, right? right? But, yeah. but here's the bottom line, Greg. Here's what, it, here's what I think is happening. But the point you brought up is something I discussed with uh, my wife. I talked to Tracy about today about this very subject. And that is, if nothing else, it is now awakening an awareness that something is radically different. See, here, here's what's happening. The next thing we'll talk about in a moment is how the Antichrist is prepping for the mark. We'll get to that in a second. But the same kind of thing's happening with this subject, and that is this. I don't think they know what it is. They're probably, Greg, very affected by it. They probably feel the increase in darkness. They probably feel the increase in oppression. They feel the fact that something is different about the nation. Instead of the light and a flowing water, they probably can tell that things are dry, whatever. But I bet they can't quantify it they can't say okay here what's going on They're probably just saying hey, it's, it's, it's covid and these are weird days but i think what god is doing i think god is using it to awaken them to their deadness see i don't think you know how dead you are until you get around life and i remember as an unbeliever i got around those who knew the lord and i was like whoa all i know is you're very different and i don't hate it I don't agree with you, but I don't hate what I see in you. I kind of like what I see. There's something about you that I'd like to have. There's a there's a life there I don't have. I don't agree with your belief in the Bible and Jesus, but there's something there that, that draws me. 
I guarantee you they recognize, you know what, something's different. Because, Greg, literally, since 1948, and that and Israel reestablished as a nation, yeah. Christians have been piling into that nation. They've had a constant flow of believer after believer after believer, tour after, after tour. Year, yeah. And all of a sudden, the light got shut off. Think about for the last yeah. year and a half, all of a sudden somebody comes in the room yeah. and turns the Now, you're used to the light, so you think that's just how it is, right? It's always this way, right? No, suddenly the light goes out and you realize, wait a minute, did we pay our bill? Why is it something's different? It doesn't feel the same. And I'm sure at this point, they're probably riding it off to COVID emotional effects. Uh, effects. But Greg, you know what? I guarantee you, God is going to begin, I think, to use this, and probably has, to awaken them to their deadness and that's kind of like that kind of setting the groundwork. Get ready. Look how dead you are. And now when we come back, the believers, it's going to be, whoa, we like having these guys here. You guys are happy. You guys are upbeat. And I think they're going to see a contrast. And God may very well use this as a part of that prep for their revival in the last days when God pours out a spirit on them as a nation. Yeah, because Ezekiel 37 talks about the dry bones being revived, yes. which is the nation coming back into the land right. and being formed, which we know happened in 1948. I'm just wondering if, if that will awaken them to the succeeding chapters in Ezekiel 38 and 39 and so on that we talk about every, you know, almost every week no, on this program. Greg, I think God's going to use it. I okay. really do. I think that's a, a, a good observation. I think that's exactly what's going on. So we keep an eye on that and watch what's happening. But in the meantime, yeah. we need to be praying for yes. Israel. And also, one last thing before I move on to topic number two, be praying for the believers in Israel, not just praying for the peace of Jerusalem and the peace of Israel, which we're commanded to always do, but be praying for the believers of Israel, because here's what's happening. They are now finding themselves surrounded by darkness, which means it's a very hard place to live. And number two, Many of the believers that have lived there, Greg, for many years are starting to move back to their countries, come back to America, other places, yeah. because they're mandating the, uh, the vaccine, and some of them don't want to take the vaccine, so they have a choice. They either take the vaccine or they get out of there. And it's like, I'm, having, I'm being forced out of my home and my country because I don't want to take the vaccine, but that's what's happening. So it's interesting to watch God, in a sense, cleansing the land of Christians, uh, and it may very well be to awaken the deadness of the Jews so they can see that. I don't know. We'll see. Or in preparation for Ezekiel. Yeah, we, we exactly. You know, again, I was thinking about it. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense to cleanse it before the rapture because you'd be leaving anyway. But, Greg, that's a good point I'd not thought of. If there's going to be collateral damage because of Ezekiel um, and, you know, getting the believers out of the way, we see historically that God often moves believers out of the way before a major event takes place, such as Rome in 70, I mean, Jerusalem in 70 AD, he scattered all the believers due to persecution. They were probably thinking, this is awful. Why are we being persecuted? God is saying, trust me, I'm protecting you. <laughs> yeah. He got them all out of there. And then Rome came in and wiped everyone out and killed millions of Jews. And they would have killed millions of Christians. Maybe not millions, depends but, on how many were there yeah. at that time. But collateral they damage. They would have killed a lot of Christians yeah. in killing Jews. Yeah. So collateral damage. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. So keep your eye on that. Be praying for them. And again, I think it is probably a prep for pouring out of the Spirit, Ezekiel 38, awakening them to their deadness. But, Greg, it brings up the second thing I wanted to talk about, and that is, again, just to remind our listeners, I know we've talked about it, but I want to keep this on the forefront of your brain, and that is as we hear more talk about vaccine mandates. The key here I'm focusing on is mandates. We talk about the vaccine. We know they're pushing everyone to get it. You may have gotten it. You may not have gotten it. That's a personal choice for everyone. However, to force people to get it is a whole new level. And why I find that very interesting is, again, remember, at some point, the Antichrist is going to mandate that everyone, small and great, take a mark on their forehead or on their hand. And um, this is, again, even as I believe that could be prep work there in Israel, Greg, for their eyes to be open to the coming light, I believe this is prep work for the coming mark of the beast. That is, get the mindset of the world in, you know what? Sometimes it is a good thing for everyone to have to participate in some event, even if it means a worldwide thing, to protect mankind from whatever's coming or whatever needs to be done. Yeah. And I think the talk of mandates, whether they happen or not here, and they're happening in other countries, but whether or not they happen here, Greg, it is a prep for the mark of the beast. Well, let's move from the political and prophetic science, so to speak, and let's move to real science and statistics yeah. that you were sharing with me before the program. Yeah. yeah. 
in Israel, because you made mention that, listen, Israel has no filter when it comes to stuff like this in that there's no political motivation to suppress or do whatever with the information. It is what it is. So why don't you share that with us? Yes. No, let me do that. Let me share one more thing now. Let me finish up on this last thing, because at the same time that they're talking about mandates over there, because I think maybe France is mandating, somebody's mandating here August 1st. It's either France or, or Australia or something. Um, the bottom line is, is that what's interesting is at the same time yesterday, another article was released pertaining to Elon Musk and his brain chip and oh, the Neuralink and they're saying Neuralink brain chips will be available and replace smartphones Oh my! <laughs> and everything within 10 years. Wow. And I think it'll be sooner than that. And so again, the technology is in place. It has already begun. The mandates are being talked about. The mark is on the way. You're watching the prep work. Now, it's interesting, Greg, you roll right into this whole thing about the Israeli government, because again, remember Israel, getting back to that, our third subject here, Israel is a giant Petri dish for uh, COVID and really for the vaccine. Because what Israel did is they're a small enough nation. Remember, they're the size of New Jersey. Yes. So what Israel did was they said, everybody here has got to get a shot or you've got to stay basically locked up in your home. You can't do anything. So the majority of the nation, except for maybe a few straggling Christians and some others who just had their convictions, has has gotten the shot. So you have a society that probably has over 90 percent, I would say 95 percent or so, Greg, have been vaccinated. Now, do you know when it comes to the shot, did they invent their own shot or did they import our, they took our shot. Okay. Yeah, they, you, did they take all three, or no, did they take they one in specifically, particular? Specifically, I think, took Pfizer, and I'll see if it's in okay. this article. If I'm wrong on that, you, I'll, I'll try to correct that um, at, with a little bit of homework here. But I think, Greg, they all pretty much – I think they all pretty much had the same shot nationwide. And um, and Netanyahu was very quick to go to – it was either Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer, and I think it was Pfizer, and to secure the shot. Um but I do think now they're introducing other shots in there. It started out initially with one, so let me be careful on that. They may have the Moderna, and this may even talk about it in the article. Okay, so sure. I'm not sure on that, but let me just say, just I know this. They were all vaccinated initially with the same shot, and I think maybe they've incorporated some others now. But the bottom line is, what they found is very, very interesting. Now, to get real statistics in America or Europe, it's very difficult. And what do I mean by that? It's become too political. Um, I'm not negating the realness of everything. I'm simply making making a statement of fact it has become so political that if you release the wrong information your side might lose so everybody's everybody's got a side you know everybody's divided up i'm on this side i'm on that side etc a few in the middle don't care but everybody's divided up and so you can't really get real facts you, it's, it's what they release or what they want you to know or don't tell you israel doesn't care they don't care they're like hey we're, we're this tiny nation the size of new jersey we all got the shot here's the data let's tell you what happened it's very interesting. Listen to this headline now coming out of Israel after they all got the shots a year ago. Now the stats are coming in. And this isn't about deaths and all that. We've covered that in the past. This is simply the efficacy of the shot as opposed to not receiving the shot and the, and the natural immunities. Listen to this headline out of Israel. Israeli government data shows natural immunity from infection is much stronger um, than the vaccine-induced immunity. In other words, you're going to do better by not getting the shot as far as long-term immunity and health-wise than if you get the shot. This is going to, this is going to be a shot over the bow to the world. They, yeah. This is going to be ignored. Don't worry. Nobody's going to listen to this. I promise you. It's too political. But listen to what this article says. I want to read some of this for you. It says this. Everything the public health experts said about the shortcomings of infection-induced immunity actually appears to hold true for the vaccines. If you speak to any man on the street, they will tell you, based on every censored article they read online, that vaccines are stronger than infection in terms of immunity. In other words, it's better to get the vaccine. You're going to have a stronger immunity against COVID if you get the vaccine than if you were to catch COVID. New data from Israel. The epicenter of mass vaccine hysteria demonstrates exactly the opposite. Israel's Channel 13 reports very preliminary data showing that the resurgence of COVID, by the way, they're going through a resurgence over there of COVID in Israel right now. They're reshutting things down. The resurgence of COVID infections in Israel is being driven almost exclusively by those who never had a prior infection. In other words, they've got all these people getting it again, but not people that caught it. If you already caught it and you already had it, you're not getting it. Now, before you say, but yeah, but they've been vaccinated. Hang on. Listen to what it says. Even those vaccinated. 40% of the 7,700 new cases as of May 1st, or since May 1st, 
uh, traced uh, were those who were fully vaccinated with two shots. In other words, it had both vaccinations. 40% of all those that are getting it now were fully vaccinated. The others that weren't were those that not those that had had it before because they're not getting it. It's those that had never had it at all and didn't get vaccinated, apparently. So they're getting it as well. Some that didn't get vaccinated, but those that are getting vaccinated are catching it. Israeli National News reports that this data was presented to the Israeli Health Ministry and yielded the following breakdown through infections of those vaccinated versus those previously infected without the vaccination. With a total of 835,792 Israelis, almost a million, known to have recovered from the virus, the 72 instances of reinfection that happened among those, 72 people did get reinfected, it only amounted to 0.0086% of the people who were already infected. By contrast, Israelis who were vaccinated with uh, were 6.72 times, that is six times more likely, to get infected after the shot than after natural infection. In other words, if you just got the illness... And built the antibodies naturally, the way your body's designed. If you got it and built the antibodies naturally, you have 0.0086% chance of getting it again, okay? Uh, If you took the shots, you have six times more chance of getting infected, even if you took the shot. With over 3,000 of the 5,193,000 people that did it, or 0.0578% of Israelis who were vaccinated getting infected in the latest wave. So that's from almost 6 million or five, over, a little over 5 million uh, a swath test. That's a large test. That shows you what's going on. Listen to this last paragraph. With over 60% of their respected population now fully vaccinated, and I said 95%. I take that back. I'm corrected by the article. I even read this earlier, so I apologize. <laughs> over 60% of their respected populations now fully vaccinated. Israel and the UK, and of course this is including UK stats, so maybe it is a little higher in Israel. I think maybe it is. But anyway, Israel and the UK are perfect case studies demonstrating that vaccines, get this, are not playing the predominant role in the slowing of the virus. There's enough evidence to show the vaccine is not slowing the spread of the virus. Grab that, everybody. If you can, I go on the article says, if you compare all of the European countries by recent cases per million to vaccination rates, you will find zero correlation. And in fact, Eastern European countries with low vaccination rates have fewer total cases here's the bottom line countries that didn't get vaccinated have less covid countries that got vaccinated have more covid those who took the vaccines are six times more likely to catch covid than those who already caught it and have a natural immunity which means if you get the shot to prevent you from getting it great but you have a six times higher chance of catching it than the person that already got it and had no issue I mean, this is this is great. This is ground. This is shocking. You know, information coming out of Israel and Europe. You know, it almost reminds me of what we've learned about after decades of having antibiotics. Is that is that when you take antibiotics and I'm not saying not to take antibiotics, that's not my point. My point is in line with what you're talking about statistically. Right. And that is you take enough antibiotics. It supplants your body's natural immunity exactly and it and it's weakened yeah versus building up your your body's own antibodies yeah. now there could be times when you need to take antibiotics so i'm not that's not the issue yeah. the issue is is that this the studies after decades of using antibiotics that's what's found out so for me i know that historically i've always used antibiotics as a last resort right only because i know what that means but Everyone's case is different, depending on what you're taking the antibiotic for yeah. as well. But it, it's it's in principle in lining up with what we're talking about here. You're putting something into your body that, you know, is has really not been proven. Right. And it's clearly been proven not to be as effective as they would like it to be. Yeah. Versus like the vaccine for to prevent polio type right. of thing. Right. I mean, so, so there are vaccines that are, you know, highly effective. So the issue isn't even... You know, vaccines in general. Yeah. It's this specific vaccine that's being pushed on people in rapid fashion without being able to do the true scientific medical due diligence. And so that's why our government has allowed the vaccine to go through under emergency order. 
See, that's the key, Greg. That's the key. You talked about polio and some of these others. They went through years Years. and years of studies before they were released onto the public. Yes. These, because of the pandemic emergency, end quote, um, they released them, and they're still under review. These are not even approved yet by the FDA. Is it the FDA that approves them? Yes. Whoever approves them, FDA. Yes. They're not even approved yet as a single case. These are cleared to be used. So what's happening is we're basically the guinea pigs. Our society is the guinea pigs on these things. We don't know what the total outcome is going to be. And Greg, reports are now coming in again from enlarged hearts, heart attacks, blood clots. I mean, I mean, all these things are happening. Infertility, um, yes, sterile or sterilization. Sterilization. Yeah. We're having all kinds of things coming in. And again, they're saying at higher rates with, than any other vaccine in history. You know, listen. Um, this is something I shared last week, and I know we got a little bit of res- response idea, but I, I want to share it again just for our, our listeners. As you make your decision about the vaccine or not, or whatever you do. Um, you know, I mentioned to you that my aunt was very healthy. She got the shot. She died three days later. I did her funeral. Um, we have another lady in the church. I'm not going to say her name. I don't need to, 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 to say that. I don't know if she would care or not. But her mother got the shot. Her mother died three days later. And get, Greg, get this. This is the stuff you're not hearing on the news. Right. But I know firsthand from these families here. In that very same uh, nursing home, uh, and I, yes, they're older. I get that. But in that very same nursing home where her mother got the shot and died, they gave everybody in there a shot. When they gave the shot, including her mother, within two weeks, 14 died. Within two weeks, 14 in that nursing home, after the shot, died. Now, I know they're older. I know bodies can't handle things the way that, you know, as good when you're younger. But which was greater devastation, the actual virus or the shot? I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't take the shot. I'm not, a, as the people use the terminology, anti-vaxxer. I've, I've, my kids have been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated as far as like all the diseases, childhood diseases yeah, growing yeah, up as far as that yeah. goes. So I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not anti-medication. I'm not anti, you know, antibiotics, like you said. Yeah. These are wonderful science things Absolutely. that God gives us and yep. praise the Lord for them. I never have to worry about polio. I'm happy about that. Yes. But when you have an experimental shot, that not only, I get it, pandemic, let's try to save the world because they thought the whole world was going to die. And, and and again, who knows what the total result would have been either way. But here's the bottom line. It's not been approved. And, and when you try to mandate, that's the thing that's the problem I'm having. When you try to mandate something that hasn't even been approved by the FDA, you, that's where you're getting into things where real problems, and I'm talking about prep work for the Antichrist. Again, it's going to be much safer probably taking the mark than it would be taking the shot because the mark's just going to be something electronic you take in your hand or your forehead. Yeah. Physically, it's going to be a lot more dangerous spiritually because you'll be eternally condemned. Yeah. yeah, you'll be eternally condemned if you take it. But again, the prep work is underway. I'm just saying you're seeing um, non-rational things. The whole, I guess to sum this up, Greg, as I watch the clock ticking down, you saw the world in its panic and fear do something that really was in one way partly rational, in another way irrational. And now it's being talked about as far as a mandate, which would be definitely irrational and irresponsible with some of the results we see coming in and the stats and the data. But with that said, what it shows us is the power the Antichrist is going to have when he shows on the scene to be able to get the world to just walk along blindly. Can you imagine if we hadn't had this shot over the bow, this pre thing that happened with COVID, if this guy just showed up and said everybody in the world has to go and get a chip on their hand or their forehead, you would have a lot more resistance. But when you train the mind to realize, hey, it's for the broader good, let's all do this for the good of the world, you're going to be a lot more compliant, and you're going to have a society and a world that's a lot more compliant, and it's going to be a lot easier to get people to take that mark. We're being prepped, we're being prepared, and again, I just want to say, you know, before we finish the first half, I'm not saying whether you should or shouldn't get the vaccine, that is a personal choice through prayer you've got to make. But we're not being told all of the information, and I happen to be involved in some of the information because of personal family stories here in our fellowship, and you're not hearing the full story. You need to pray, and you need to think, and do your own homework before you just go and let somebody jab something in your arm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's critical thinking. Yes. It's being able to think for yourself. Uh, the Bible encourages that. Uh, the Bible encourages that even as we approach the, you know, the issue of salvation. Uh, That's you right. Know, and even Paul talks about that in terms of working out your salvation. You That's know, right. Consider these things. Know that you know that you know. That's right. Well, here's one thing we do know. Jews and non-Jews are joining forces in a quest to find a red heifer. So are they looking to make the perfect hamburger? I mean, what exactly is the red heifer for prophetically? 
We'll talk about that plus other articles of interest as Signs of the Times continues right here on WIAM. W-I-A-M-L-P 101.1 FM, Knoxville It's Crazy Money Day Do you remember the speech at your graduation? Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown I don't remember most graduation speeches But here's a memorable one Business owner Robert Hale Jr., CEO of Granite Telecommunications Gave the commencement address at Quincy College near Boston In addition to his talk, he gave the nearly 500 grads two envelopes Each held $500 they were instructed to keep one as a gift and to give the other to a nonprofit or individual who needed it more than them. Because they had persevered through the challenges of COVID, he wanted to help them celebrate their achievement. Those envelopes reminded me of God's treatment of us. He wants us to persevere with an attitude of gratitude and generosity. He gives us what we need and wants us to share with others. When we live kingdom-minded, we're grateful for all God provides. It's humbling to recognize that everything we have is a result of His great mercy. True generosity is an outward material expression of a loving and obedient heart. It conforms us into the image of Christ. When you make generosity your highest financial priority, you'll find that money loses its grip on your heart. You'll learn to say no to things today in order to have money to give away tomorrow. You experience less stress, greater joy, and mysteriously discover that God faithfully provides your every need. We're naturally generous towards ourselves. The challenge is to become generous towards God and others. Whatever you do for one of the least of the brothers and sisters of Christ, you do for Him. And if you've been helped by Crown or this radio station, can I ask you to begin supporting us? If you already do, thank you for your generosity. You can begin giving today at crown.org. That's crown.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. I am not an island. My life affects other people. My decisions affect other people. My sinful decisions will affect other people. Sometimes the enemy will lie to you and go, Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Nobody's going to hurt. No, nobody else is going to get hurt. And then the world's picked up on that and go, Hey, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm not hurting anyone. Yes, you are. You're hurting everyone around you. And maybe your sin is going to take down the men of Ashkelon, the people that are down the road from you. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, July 16th, 2021, episode 176, coming your way later this afternoon on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher, or if you've downloaded the Way Media app, it'll be available under the Signs of the Times section. Along with Pastor Mark Kirk, I'm Greg Hill. Thanks for staying with us and subscribing to our podcast or listening or watching live. We do appreciate it and hope to make your time with us worthwhile. All right, let's get into Israel. Yeah. As I teased in the first half from Israel365news.com, Jews and non-Jews are joining forces in a quest to find the red heifer. Now, yeah. Pastor Mark, we've talked about this before. As a matter of fact, it was a few years back. We had a story where they thought they found the red heifer somewhere between here and Chattanooga. Yeah, they thought they did. It didn't work out. But clearly they didn't. It didn't work out. And again, they have another one here they're looking at that may or may not work out. But Greg, what makes this more interesting is, and again, who knows how accurate the Jews are on their dating system, but they believe that this is the year that is preordained for the heifer. So Mm, this year brings, so they have basically five months left or they're wrong in their calculations. (laughs) Uh, The Temple Institute launched its red heifer program about a decade ago. 
But even in temple times, an animal that fulfilled the biblical requirements was exceedingly rare. Uh, the Temple Institute has a breeding program itself in Israel and is investigating the possibility of utilizing genetic science to produce an entirely red calf. So, hey, if we can't find one, we'll make one. Last month, the Temple Institute was contacted by a farmer in Texas who said he had five red calves born on his ranch two and a half hours from Dallas. The Temple Institute charged Rabbi Yitzhak Mir Sabo, a community rabbi in Dallas, Texas, with making the initial inspection of the calves and the inspection was thorough, requiring about eight hours. So uh, then Chanan, uh, another rabbi, traveled to Texas to be a part of the delegation sent to inspect the red heifer uh, last Monday. The heifer born in natural birth must be entirely red with no more than two non-red hairs on its body. Think about that. Okay, so... How long would it take? Is, I mean, to examine... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But is that is that biblical? Or is that one of those Jewish loopholes that the, the, the Jewish leadership always created yeah. to get circumvent the law? It's a great point. I don't find that. I, I can't find that anywhere in the scripture. I think these are the Jewish the writings. The two hairs are allowable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it could be that it comes down from oral tradition, but sure. it's, it's not in the scripture that I can find. Maybe okay. the Talmud, Midrash, you know, those kind of things. Without spot or blemish means without spot or blemish right all our members two hairs packs to freckle when it was lunchtime and so we can't but here you, you <laughs> oh, find oh, even oh. two red hairs on the body that was good it must also never have been used for any labor or have been uh, impregnated and i quote i really believe that the red heifer w- was born this year so he thinks it's already born mm. this uh Kupietzi said the delegation from israel that came to inspect these he explained that the current hebrew year in their calculation is 5781 which in Hebrew numerology, uh, is very important. This is an acronym, they say, that it will be the year of the red heifer. They say it spells out the year of the red heifer. So I don't know, again, that's not biblical. We're not going there, but it's interesting. They believe this is the year for the red heifer. It doesn't ha- I mean, it's, it's got to happen based on their belief system. According to Jewish tradition, there will be only 10 red heifers in human history. Uh, this is the, they've had nine so far. So they're saying the one we find now will be the last one and the Messiah shows up. But think about that. Yeah. Again, the, the fact they think it's time to find the, uh, the heifer, the year to find it, the time that they believe that this is there's only 10 total and this is going to be the one. This is not scripture. This is them. But, but again, uh, Rabbi Moshe ben um, uh, Mammonitis, um, uh, I may say that wrong, Mammonitis, the most renowned medieval Jewish scholar known by the acronym the Rambam, um, wrote in his explanation, oh, I'm sorry, it's Mammonides. If anybody's Maimonides is how you say that. If anybody's listening you're Jewish, I didn't mean to offend you. His name I just remembered. Just popped in my brain. You pronounce it Maimonides or the Rambam wrote in his explanation in the mitzvah that, and I quote, the tenth red heifer will be accomplished by the king, the Messiah. May he be revealed speedily. Amen. May it be God's will. Mm. End now, quote. Now let me ask you, uh, or and, and explain for people that are not familiar with the Jewish feasts or Jewish tradition for sacrifices and all of the temple rituals. Yeah. A lot of them are, of course, spelled out for us in the Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. Where do where does the red heifer or what we know to be the ashes from the red heifer yes. come into play yes. in all of this? Very important. You take the ash. Now, imagine if you sacrificed an entire heifer, you've got a lot of ashes that last a long time. A long time. All you need is a small amount. That's why literally your ashes could last, you know, 500, 600, 700 years, the ashes could last. Well, you know? considering how hard it is to find a spotless cow yeah. like yeah. that, yes. And I, and I could even be longer, but you would take the ashes, Greg, and they put it in the priestly water, just enough to put it in there to be ritualistic. And by the sacrifice, it would cleanse and make the water holy. Then the priests use the water to wash themselves in their holy cleansing rituals. And so you need the red heifer to be ritually cleansed for the service of the temple. Now, why that's interesting is they want to rebuild their temple. That's yes. the Temple Institute goal. And they want to be, they have to be able to do the ritual cleansing to be able to do it. Now, a caveat to that. One is, yes, you need a red heifer to get ashes so they can begin to do the ceremonies at the third temple that will be rebuilt in the last day. So we know that's going to happen. At least we know the temple will be rebuilt. We know they'll be doing the sacrifices. It is theoretically possible that they won't find the tenth red heifer and still be able to do it because one of our guides, a Jewish-Israeli guide, said they did find in the Dead Sea caves a, 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 a container that had ashes. I remember that story. Yes, yes, and he said it was quickly swept away for DNA testing, mm. and many, and they never announced what it was. But many believe 
it were the it was the um, ashes of the red heifer in the time of Jesus taken out of there quickly down to the Dead Sea and hidden before Rome came in to destroy it so it could be preserved for future generations and future priests and their cleansing. So we may have not only already ashes of a red heifer, we may have the ashes of the red heifer in the days of Christ right now in Israel that mm. will be reused in the third temple. So don't don't think that all is lost if they can't find a heifer. However, I think it's possible they could find a heifer, uh, and uh, we'll find out if they do. But keep your eye on that. Very interesting. And again, we know the third temple will be rebuilt. The sacrifices will be begin, begin again. So we would expect these type of rumblings to take place. Mm. But first, we need some other rumblings. The yes. rumblings of war. That Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about, and these are just some stories that are going to help lead us to that conclusion. This is from Israel365news.com. Another explosion at an Iranian pipeline kills three. We've had a lot of explosions. Talk about this story and Pastor Mark in the larger implications. I want just to add this one in, Greg, because we covered this story last week. So I don't want to be repetitive. We talked about the numerous explosions and how how suspicious they look because they keep happening at random times over months at a time in major nuclear facilities or things that pertain to making the nuclear weapon for Iran. So we see Israel's hand in this. Now we've had another explosion. Again, the same type of thing. I wanted to mention it because it's one since we talked last time slowing down or stopping Iran from being able to complete their nuclear weapons. We see Israel's hand all over this. I just want to read a little bit of it. On Tuesday, an explosion, we might say another explosion, caused by a gas leak at a pipeline pumping station connected the uh, Cheshme uh, Kosh oil field to the city of Avaz in the southern Iran, or in southern Iran, rather, killed three technicians and inj- injured three others. The cause of the explosion is unknown, um, and again, they go on talking about, we don't know what's happening. Some think it's the weather, et cetera. Iran has been plagued by unexplained fires and explosions in recent weeks, which have been blamed on the extreme heat wave. On Monday night, an explosion at a state-owned warehouse in Karaj, west of Tehran, led to a major fire. Reports on Iranian state media said the blaze was the result of an electrical fire. But these mystery catastrophes have been striking for quite some time. And here's the, here's the last uh, paragraph I want you to note. Many of the destructive events struck key Iranian military assets. In an interview, just just randomly, you know, I'm sure it's my Mm -hmm. chance. Yeah, sure. In an interview with Channel 12 last month, Yossi Cohen, by the way, Cohen, that's a, 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 that shows you that it was a priest. They carry on the name Cohen, the priest. He's not a priest now, but Yossi Cohen, the former head of the Mossad, their CIA, revealed that Israel was behind the recent attacks targeting Iran's nuclear program and the military science. He just came out and said it. He didn't say, hey, we I wonder why he I would don't just know. Do it's that. like, you know, I, I think he's doing it because, you know what, we want everyone to know, including America, we want you to know that if you're not going to help us, we're, oh, we're going to do it, we're and we're not going to hide it. We're not letting him get a bomb. I, Greg, that's very bold to come and say, we did yeah, it. We it did is. it. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, because that just makes Iran... Iran would deny that and say, it wasn't Israel, they can't get in here, it's just weather-related. Oh, we did that, we're doing it, we're going to continue to do it. I'll tell you, they're CIA, Greg, these guys are the best of the best, and yeah. they're in there, and they get stuff done, and they're so impressive. Uh, it, it's it's almost like uh, Israel is Bugs Bunny, and Iran is Yosemite Sam. Yes, we keep using that, that's exactly right. But it's right. true. That's right, that's right. And emphasis on bugs. Bugs. <laughs> they bug the room, they bug your hotel yes. room. The, the bugs. Yes. There are bugs, bugs money. Okay. So don't do that. Remember, don't do that. Let's move okay. on. All right. Israel National News reporting <laughs> that 150,000 rockets. Now, don't, don't let that number just sweep by you. Try to imagine Please that. understand, 150,000 rockets are aimed at Israel. Yeah, yeah. the commander of Northern Command, Major General Amir Baram, said, we are preparing surprises for Hezbollah's surprises. Greg, they're talking tough. I don't know what Israel has up their sleeve, but apparently if this starts, they're going to pound them so hard. Yeah. The next war, he says, will be complex for us, but unbearable for them. It is estimated that the terrorist army has been has between 130 and 150,000 rockets and missiles capable of hitting any point in Israel at distances between 15 and 700 kilometers at a rate of 10,000 launches a week. Imagine living in New Jersey and getting 10,000 missiles fly in each week. In light of this, again, because of the size of it, in light of this, units in the Armored and Engineering Corps have recently undergone the Northern Threshold test 
to measure required preparedness for the next war in Lebanon. Baram warned Hezbollah this, in the next campaign, you will meet trained, deadly army that is more determined than ever. Wow. Here's what's happening. I don't know what they've got prepared, Greg, but what they're saying is, look, you may have those missiles. They may be aimed at us. You may start firing them. But if you do, you're going to greatly regret it because the retribution you're going to have is going to be way worse than anything you load off on us. You better be ready. We're coming in, and we mean business. And, and again, the article, which I took part of it out for time, he says it won't just be a massive air campaign. We're coming in on the ground. They're going to do an invasion of Lebanon if this happens. And they're going to go in, I mean, taking names and why they're like, said, well, they can't, it, look, they can't allow it, Greg. No. You can't allow that many missiles right there on your border. They have to go and physically get on the ground and wipe these people and those things out that are doing it yeah. because it does too much damage to Israel. Yeah. If, if any one of our listeners have never been over to Israel to understand the proximity of these oh. people, uh, and we've used this analogy before, just picture your neighborhood and it's your neighbor behind your back fence. Yeah. And it's the neighbor across your street right so that represents the the northern border yeah that represents syria then you've got the whole gaza thing yeah to the south yeah. i mean you you're you're literally in your neighborhood you're, yeah they're that close that's how close they are surrounded yeah, and it Israel. isn't it isn't you kids get off my lawn and no. they're shooting missiles <laughs> yeah they're shooting missiles <laughs> think about the neighborhood with not not yet being yelled at you're getting missiles shot yeah, at you absolutely all right uh, let's uh, come back to america for a moment and uh, visit uh, Fox News uh, that is reporting that there are coordinated crime sprees uh, happening across the country that are forcing retailers to close stores and limit their hours of yeah. operation. Yeah, and, and how does this play into, again, signs of the times? The Bible says violence will increase in the last days, and it'll be like the days of Noah. It's going to be total chaos. Yeah, well, Second Timothy chapter 3, the perilous times will come. I mean, this go. is all part of the ills of Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. There you go. Coordinated crime sprees in major cities, California and New York, and elsewhere are forcing retailers, get this, it's so bad, to close their stores and limit operating hours as packs of shoplifters regularly make off with hundreds of dollars worth in merchandise to be resold online as street markets or returned for gift cards. Amid a crime wave uh, sweeping San Francisco, five Target store locations are reducing operating hours, closing at 6 p.m. to stop it instead of the usual 10 p.m. Look, look at the inconvenience it puts on the, the, the law-abiding citizen. As managers seek to secure merchandise and employee safety, they reported, organized gangs brazenly steal branded items, even with security present. They're doing it right with the police there, their security yeah, anyway. Uh, because, get this, Greg, get this. This is like last week. We said, look, if you defund the police, what do you think is going to happen? Let's just stop and think. You're going to have more crime. It doesn't take a genius. Listen to what they did. You wonder, why are we getting this massive increase in robbery? Listen, California raised the threshold for a felony charge from $450 theft to $950 theft, which means they're calculating the amount of money it's worth. They're going in and getting $900 worth of stuff and leaving and knowing it's only a misdemeanor, even if they get caught, which means slap on the wrist, you're released. Unbelievable. No, look, what we, this is our what do you expect segment. Yes. What what were you expecting? <laughs> yeah. What do you think is going to happen if you tell people you can steal up to $1,000 worth of stuff and it's no big deal, it's a misdemeanor, they're going to steal up to $1,000 worth of stuff. Well, and if you've got the police that in large part are painted as uh, something evil or something that is, you know, not what they're supposed to be, and yeah. I'm not, you know, and again, don't get into, I mean, there's bad cops and good cops, we, we get that, but the purpose of law enforcement. Yeah why they're there, why God has that type of, of thing set up in, in terms of our, in, in our government, in yeah. terms of that type of enforcement. And and you've got cops that are already being attacked, You and, and they can't fight back. I mean, you got we've seen the videos of uh, cops being spit on and sprayed. Ten to one now in Chicago, top, cops and gangs. Ten, ten to one. Ten to one. Ten to one criminals to, to one to, cop. To every, one cop. Every cop, one out of ten, yes. And if the cop does pursue... He's automatically yeah. risking That's right. the, the, the accusation and lawsuit and whatever that just carrying out his job is racist. Yeah, I can't believe I, I don't see how you could even be a policeman, really, almost anymore. How do you do it? I mean, uh, you know, Greg, it's, it's, they're, they're, listen, God has put law in place. 
And God has put order in place. He is a God of law and order. That's what God does. If you start removing God's design, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? The opposite of law and order. Lawlessness, which the Bible says will increase in the last days, and a lack of order, chaos. So lawlessness and chaos is replacing what God designed, law and order. It's, it's expected. Well, and you know, when, you, when this story really illuminates when the Bible says that in the latter days, lawlessness will abound i mean increase exponentially and that's exactly what we're seeing and and lawlessness is also called a mystery in the bible now it's being revealed exactly what that is you know in in part but anyway yeah and and again it's the enemy doing it greg they're shutting them down significant alarming arise not uh, rise not only in crime and theft in san francisco targets but it says also hours are being changed by other retailers in the bay area h&m gap marshall's and walgreens this is spreading. And, and New not, York City as well, too, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. And it's not going to stop until we once again reestablish law and order. It's not going to stop. Do you think that that's part of the end times plan, uh, that that the new law and order is going to come by way of the Antichrist in the you know, one world government? You know, I mean, do you think, I mean, we're going to get to that point of where we've got state police, government police versus local yes. Yeah, it's definitely, here's the thing. it's definitely going to be dictatorship and control. There's no doubt. But get this: since God is a God of order and law and 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 all this stuff, Satan is going to do the exact opposite. opposite. He hates yeah. God, so he's. Yeah. It talks about the Antichrist being a man of lawlessness. Yes, that's true. So he's yeah. going to be a man of lawlessness. Yeah. However, your point is still taken well in that although he'll be a man of lawlessness, which is opposing God's word. God says, "Let there be law and order." He says, "Let there be uh, lawlessness and disorder." He's still going to be a dictator forcing his will in his lawlessness upon the people of the earth. Yeah, both small and great, yep, the Bible that's right. tells us. That's right. Okay, let's get into some growing anti-Semitism. This is from Israel365news.com. A new study reveals, now get this, you ready for this? I'm ready. Not 2%, not 12%, but a 912% increase in anti-Semitic content on a uh, social media platform that the kids know, maybe the older folks don't, known as TikTok. Yeah, and it is a ticking time bomb because remember, (laughs) one of the signs, Greg, of the last days is increased persecution and hatred on God's people, the Jews, and we're watching it happen. We've talked about it in other ways, other articles, but it's important to point out. We can't lose sight of this because it's happening more everywhere else. We need to point it out. There's an explosion of hatred toward the Jews. Uh, during a symposium about online anti-Semitism sponsored by the U.S. State Department last year, a representative from the social media platform TikTok assured that his company was working to combat hate. The goal, stated Collins, was to disrupt the ecosystem of hate by limiting the discoverability of such content. His comments coincided with a change in the platform's terms of use designed to prevent the spread of hate online. Yet, despite these efforts, get this. A study out of Israel found a staggering, as you said, 912% increase in anti-Semitic comments and nearly 1,400% rise of anti-Semitic usernames on the social media platform as compared to 2020, representing a rise in actual numbers from 41 to 415 and from 4 to 59, respectively, from 2020 to 2021. So we're seeing a massive increase in open hostility and hatred toward the Jews. Greg, it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going until the Antichrist again wipes out a massive portion of the Jewish population and the world's going to be cheering him on. You know, it's really interesting, again, as we talked about in the first half hour, how God could be using you know, we're, 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 we're hypothesizing at this point that God could be using the mandate to take the shot in Israel to force the Christians out of the country who have been citizens right. in Israel right. to go back to wherever. Yeah. At the same time, using the global hatred to push the Jews into a land that they do not know chronologically in their in their lives because they were never born there yeah. uh, you know you could have generations of people that you know mo- removed from actually coming from the nation of Israel for me that's a prophetic barometer yeah of yeah. how of how close we are in the timeline to get ready because when this world leader 
takes the scene and then three and a half years later he's i mean everything's got to be in place and it will be but when we see the things forming like that you know that's that's a good sign we're we're super close. Yeah, and Greg, that's a great point. We've talked about it before. Again, the Bible says that God will send to the north, the south, the east, and the west to draw his people back. And it's interesting, especially for those who say that God's through with Israel and God's not going to use him anymore. They've got all Far kinds from of, it. Well, they've got lots of prophetic problems. One is the Bible says in Zechariah 10 that when the Lord comes back, he will come back and the tribes of Israel will see him at his return and begin to weep. They're in Jerusalem. So it shows us the tribes of Israel have to be in Jerusalem at the second coming when the Lord comes back so they can weep, or or otherwise that prophecy can't be fulfilled. So, um, yes, God is bringing them back, pushing those out that shouldn't be there very possibly, but no doubt, Greg, you know, if you don't turn up enough heat, this happened in Babylon. When they were taken into Babylon, uh, only a small portion of them came back with Nehemiah, with Ezra, to rebuild because they had good lives. They had good businesses. They had good lives. It was great. Who wanted to leave? Unless they were forced back or just loved God enough to do it, they wouldn't go back. How many American Jews right now are very wealthy, live in beautiful areas, they've got it made? Why do they want to move to a Middle Eastern country where they have to look over their shoulder and see if somebody wants to blow them up? And especially where they're saying, yeah, 150,000 rockets may be flying in on them. Listen, God's going to have to drive those guys back, and this may very well be part of that process. And that's a supernatural draw. I mean, it's, there's physical things happening, yeah. But there's a heart change that God is is happening in their, you know, in using that in part, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Your point is well made, absolutely. All right, uh, we apart from the good news of Jesus Christ, which is always good news, um, the good news in our world really kind of gets less and less as the days go by. But we do have some good news this week. Yes, we from do. ChristianHeadlines.com, Prison Fellowship to distribute a hundred thousand devotionals to incarcerated men and women, and may the Lord use all of that. I love it. Prison Fellowship, again, as you said, they're leading the way. Greg says we are thrilled to have a partner with Moody Bible Institute. We cannot wait to see so many lives changed through these devotionals. Prison Fellowship Vice President of the Field Programs, Dan Kingerly, told the Christian Post. Inmates will be given one of the two 120-day handheld devotionals based on Moody's Today in the Word daily devotional. One devotional is for men, the other is for women. Both devotionals feature readings on the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and include Bible studies, discussion, questions, and a series of testimonies of former incarcerated Christians who found God during their imprisonment. The difference between them is that the women's devotional contains chapters centering on how to heal from trauma, which again, women face more trauma in these. So again, this is a feel good story. It's just wonderful to see in all the bad news that oftentimes a show like ours, we have to reveal, we have the good news to reveal. And again, they're taking the message of the gospel into these people, Greg, who are truly in a literal prison, but they don't realize they're in a spiritual prison. And it really, again, brings me to those today that may be listening to the show and may even be watching, and you're in a spiritual prison. You know, you may not be in a physical prison. You might be. I don't know where you're watching or not watching. Um, But as we come to a close today, I want you to know this. You hear about all the things that are going to be happening in the future and all the bad news. You know, the good news is the Lord says for the believer before it gets really bad, for those who know Christ, he's going to yank us off of this earth. We're going to be out of here before the great tribulation, before the Antichrist shows up. Yes, we may go through difficult times, but I want you to know this. If you're wondering, well, what hope do we have? You're talking about all these things and how it's going to come to pass, whatever. Your hope and my hope is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus came to the earth, God in human form, and he basically holds the hand of the Father, and he's reaching out to grab your hand. He's the connector between heaven and earth. If you take his hand in prayer and you connect to the Father, you will be saved. And how do I do that, you say? Well, here's how you do it. Just be honest with God right now. Confess your sin. Just begin to pray and say, God, I want to confess to you I'm a sinner. I realize I need to be saved, and I believe that you died for me on the cross. I believe that you your blood washes my sin away, and I choose to give my life to you. And if you do that, and, and note this, repent of your sin. That means turn from it. Don't just confess it. You have to turn from it and believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible says you'll be born again. That is a spiritual birth, and you'll have your place forever in the kingdom of God. Not only will you escape the things coming upon this earth, But regardless of what you go through down here, you have a place reserved for you in heaven for all eternity. But only you can make that decision. I encourage you, don't put it off. Make that decision right now. Absolutely. Pastor Mark, thank you so much, folks. Don't forget the Way Media app. You click on Signs of the Times. You can ask Pastor Mark those prophecy questions, uh, read the articles. 
listen to the shows, subscribe to the podcast. And if you're listening to WIM right now, I want to let you know at 4.30, starting Monday, we've got a brand new teacher on the air, Pastor Jack Hibbs in Real Life Radio. And we encourage you to listen to that because Jack loves prophecy like Pastor Mark does as well. So we encourage you to check that out. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here next Friday at 1.30. you do things you never imagined possible. It's what you need to begin your walk with God. It delivers confidence in following. Bravery is the decision you can embrace when God says to stand firm, be bold, don't be afraid. Bravery banishes worry, anxiety, panic. If bravery is the strength you need, then you need to know that this is God's gift to you. Only God can offer the bravery you need. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Every day I face a new